this all right we we have a whole season done. Like it, I feel like we don't have crags. My name is Carolyn Derosa. This is our second time filming this today. <laughs> yeah, we had some audio issues. We had some audio issues. Around. Hey, that's our first like major audio issue though. Yeah. Um. So good thing we did not make it too far before yeah. we had to re-record. Emma, what's your major? Hello, my name's Emma. <laughs> As introduced, what is this like episode nine? This is probably episode Ten. nine. Yeah. I don't remember that number, but um, I am a general biology major with a concentration in ecology uh, and a marine science minor. Woo! And of course, I'm Carolyn DeRosa. I am a film major um, with minors in music technology and um, English. And um, yeah, we're having a good time today. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to film this. It's I know. It's kind of bittersweet. This is our last mm-hmm. episode with me on it for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited about it. I think it'll be a good, yeah. a good chat today. I think so too. Um, what's our spontaneous fun fact for today? Hmm. Oh, how, so have you been on a, a plane before, Carolyn? I have. So yes. what is your longest flight that you've ever taken and where was that too? So my longest flight was from Philadelphia to Arizona. Mm. Um, it was a six-hour flight. It was either a six-hour flight or an eight-hour flight. I think it was a six-hour flight. Th- um, yeah, I think it's probably more a six-hour yeah, to I think Arizona. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah, that was pretty fun. It was in 2017 Um. when I went to Arizona for the Gator Bowl nice. with the Beast from the East <laughs> Red Rover High School Marching Band. Nice. Um. So, yeah. What about you? What was your longest flight? My longest flight was 11 hours, <laughs> and it was flying from... Uh, Newark, New Jersey mm-hmm. to Honolulu, yeah. Hawaii. Are you excited for your your new flight? How long is the flight from? Where are you flying from? Florida. So I'm. I'll be flying out of Tampa. Yeah, um, Florida, to go to yeah. Ireland. I'll mm-hmm. be flying out of Tampa, which is. I'm only flying out of Florida is because we're taking a family vacation yeah. down there. Um, mm-hmm. Normally, I'd be flying out of either Philly, Philly. or BWI or Newark. Um, what do you do, JFK? I think JFK is usually cheaper too. Yeah, it's just busy. That's true. Really, yeah. really busy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'll be flying from Tampa to Toronto, actually. Right. Mm-hmm. And then from Toronto to Dublin. Nice. So that's, that's the plan. I think it's, I think 10 total hours of flight time, mm-hmm. not including like just layover the time. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You said, do you, um, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast uh-huh. before, but like the little gift I got you for your birthday. Yeah. Are it you was, excited? Carolyn got me this little <laughs> like travel pillow that like turns into like a a A a little bear yeah it's a a bear that turns into a neck yeah excuse me (laughs) oh you gotta get it the right way around (laughs) yeah that Um, was awesome i definitely will be using that yeah his name's babu we'll be posting him on the instagram yes (laughs) (laughs) but yeah awesome yeah overall that's our this is our last uh episode for season one okay we're good (laughs) sorry Um, okay yeah i mean it's crazy to me that this is kind of the last episode yeah. of this season because it I feel like we just started this the other day. I know. And we're on like what episode 9 or this 10 or something. It probably be episode 9. Yeah. Excluding like Friendsgiving, right. I think. So, mm-hmm. that's just crazy to me that I mean, I can say that I co-host a podcast. Like mm-hmm. I didn't think that would ever happen. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. So, <laughs> like, thank I you for having me on. Of course. I didn't I never thought like when I when I was going for like a film degree, I never thought I would be able to um co-host a podcast let alone like be able to go into audio engineering yeah. but um it's something that i realized i'm really passionate about and i'm mm-hmm. really passionate about climbing and i feel like you know especially we and i've talked about this before well we both feel like there's not enough voices from women in yeah. the climbing community mm-hmm. um and we figured instead of complaining about this why not just be the extra voice yeah, that's awesome <laughs> yeah I, I like the mindset definitely mm-hmm. it's like you know be the change you wish to see in the world kind of vibe okay <laughs> i know that i i know that quote is like a good quote but yeah. like my 
middle school principal, Dr. Simia. Oh. I did not like that woman. Did um, she say that? Every uh, day on the loudspeaker, so she was like, be the change you want to see in the world. <laughs> I was like, okay, Dr. Simia, like, <laughs> <laughs> shut up, you know? But yeah. yeah, overall, like, you know, wanting to uh, see the change and seeing it through. Yeah, you know? I think sure. it was really cool. And if mm-hmm. anything, I mean, men, women, mm-hmm. non-binary, anyone who listens to this podcast that wants to find a little bit of fun in their day from listening to us talk about climbing yeah. concepts. Exactly. Um, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's what this podcast is, in my mm-hmm. opinion. So I think I hopefully hopefully I think we've maybe reached that goal a little bit. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. All right. So talking about our climbing news for the day. Emma, what do you got for us? Yeah. So I found a cool article from climbing dot com about Ooh. a lawsuit that's currently going on between the Utah government and the people who protect Bears Ears National Monument. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know anything about the Bears Ears National Monument issue that's been going on in the past? Not couple of years? really. No. I mean, I've been following like the Keystone Pipeline mm-hmm. stuff, but like definitely not the um, the Bears Ears stuff. No. Yeah. I mean, it's it's similar in the sense that. Um, several organizations want to protect the land, mm-hmm. but the government often doesn't want to because of the resources and the oil that's on the land that could be used for the U.S. Yeah. Um, and so there's apparently another lawsuit, or maybe it is a continuing lawsuit that's been going on um, for the fight in making Bears Ears public land and mm-hmm. accessible to the American public. Um, so I'll just read a little excerpt from this uh, article, and we can chat about it. So it says... In late August, the state of Utah, led by Utah's Attorney General Sean Rays and backed by a powerful coalition of the state's conservative power brokers, sued the Biden administration over its 2021 restoration of Bears Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante National Monuments. Utah has argued that the size of the monuments, which together amount to some 3.2 million acres, contradicts the Antiquities Act of 1906 and constitutes, quote, abusive federal overreach, end quote. The attorney general also says that the protections afforded by the monument status are, paradoxically, having a negative effect on both the environment and tribal access to important cultural sites, and that only by repealing the monument status and coming to a congressional solution can the land be properly protected. <laughs> that was a lot of pack right there. Yeah. What, are you, what are your initial thoughts on that statement, Caroline? Um, I guess like one of the weird things, too, is I didn't mention this the last time we recorded this, but I, I noticed how you said that like it was both the state of Utah and the conservative power brokers, too, mm-hmm. which I find suspicious. But mm-hmm. that's another time for that. That's a story for another podcast. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, that's Craigell's political version. Which <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to do that. <laughs> Maybe um, never coming out on all podcasts. C- coming out wherever you get your podcast. Never. <laughs> Good grief. Um, anyway anyway um yeah i find it very strange that the state of utah um finds that they think whatever they like or excuse me let me let me frame this a little bit differently like whatever they want to achieve with this land is better for the native communities Mm -hmm. and already what is now obviously i'm not native i'm not gonna pretend like i am right but um it seems like the natives know what they're doing in regards to their own land i don't think Mm -hmm. they've been doing this for like thousands of years like Mm -hmm. i don't think i think it's kind of foolish for a a, a government um or i guess for the state government to come in and be like we know better than you yeah um and if anything i mean i wouldn't think that unprotecting the land would benefit native tribes i think yeah like like, what is the purpose of unprotecting wind right is it does the article say the article does say that this is for the sake of a pipeline correct no um it doesn't specifically state what it's for but i just Mm -hmm. think there there's a lawsuit 
going on um, that Ow. the attorney general believe that the Biden administration has kind of overstepped their boundaries in protecting this land because they protected 3.2 million acres. Which is a lot. But um, which still. is, it, it is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, their main point is that, you know, this vast swath of land that has been protected, you know, because there's so much land that's protected and mm-hmm. it's, you know, the, the government has done so much to protect it that it's negative for both the tribal cultural sites that are there and the environment i don't really know what that argument is the basis of yeah um, it just seems like a very strange argument to make because the point of protecting land at least for my what i'm assuming is to protect companies from going in and being able to do stuff mm-hmm. it's to c- punish those who do go into the land say um what is the what is the word for when you hunt when you're not allowed to hunt things illegal hunting well, illegal hu- like <laughs> it protects things like illegal. Hu- I'm, I'm looking. It starts with a P. I don't know why. Um, but like when, for example, it, it covers people who may go into these lands and mm. practice illegal hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, it does protect you know the native the native tribes mm-hmm. who you know wish to um live off the land yeah. and practice their you know cultural things that they've been doing for thousands of yeah. years. It seems strange to all of a sudden just be like. We actually don't want to protect this anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because and how it's related to our podcast mm-hmm. is that the Access Fund mm-hmm. um, is actually stepped in to kind of help out with this lawsuit um, mm-hmm. and kind of go against the Utah government that's saying that the land has been kind of over-regulated in a way and yeah. over-protected. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't know or haven't listened to our past episodes, Access Fund is just a national organization that um, basically makes climbing spaces and public lands accessible to the American public yeah. and to the public. Um, I guess anyone who wants to, you know, uh, adventure, recreate on these lands and these spaces. Um, and the Access Fund kind of got involved with this because um, they are kind of backed by several native tribes Mm -hmm. that live in that area and so you know talking about utah's interesting perspective on this um the article goes on to say utah's claims are belied by the fact that access funds chief allies in the fight to protect bears ears have been tribes and conservation groups Indeed, in f- filling their motion on and filing their motion on Tuesday, Access Fund followed the lead of the Hopi tribe, Navajo Nation, the Ute Mountain Ute tribe, and the Pueblo of Zuni, who filed their own motion to intervene in the case on November 18th. Mm. Um, and then it just goes on to say that um, these files will be approved by a judge, and then the lawsuit will, you know, get some more traction. Um, but I, you know, in, in further understanding and reading this article to me it just further shows that the people who want to you know not protect the land as much don't really have a true basis in where they're coming from because if their Mm -hmm. principal argument is that you know this will benefit the native people by making the land unprotected and then the access funds coming in and saying like no actually all the native tribes are on our side right now we want to protect the land Mm -hmm. i don't know it just seems it just seems a bit it's a bit interesting to me Mm -hmm. it seems like there's definitely a lot more going on behind the scenes in Mm -hmm. terms of the utah government Mm mm-hmm why would you suddenly want to make a land that's been historically protected for a while suddenly unprotected, especially with all of the things um, that happened with the loss of the Keystone Pipeline mm-hmm. and all the other pipelines that have been 
um kind of being scarved throughout or, or scarred throughout like the the midwest where mm-hmm. a lot of these tribes have traditionally lived it just seems weird that all of a sudden the state of utah is like oh no government outreach or government overreach yeah. you know ah, no, like, exactly um, shut up. I think <laughs> this this piece of land i don't think was protected until the biden administration kind of came around and, and did that because i know for a while the trump administration did want to use it for you know more pipelines a and pipeline, more oil drilling yeah. um and so i think with the biden administration um in my opinion, I like the fact that this land is protected, right? It, yeah. It conserves a lot of important species to the U.S. It gives native cultures their ability to, you know, practice their culture and have yeah. their have their sacred sites. And um, it gives climbers, you know, and, and people who like being outdoors a space to do that in a beautiful area. And yeah. so I, I, I find some fault in the arguments presented by the Utah government. Again, I have not fully read all the legal documents around this. Yeah, and neither so, of us had read um, either of the of the legal documents right. um but you know just my initial reaction here kind of just speaks to the fact and, and shows that you know as climbers we have a say mm-hmm. to some extent in you know what goes on with public lands as mm-hmm. proof by the access fund kind of yeah. backing the native people on this so yeah. I, I just thought it was an interesting story to bring up yeah definitely um yeah for me too like i think it's a very interesting story i definitely want to keep following it um but yeah, for my main point, like the native tribe is the native land is always going to be the native land. If they wish to invite climbers onto that land, that's a great plus, right. and I hope mm-hmm. it's a it's a great opportunity for these two communities to merge and Definitely. learn more from each other. Um, I've actually never met any Native American climbers before, but I feel like they'd be like a very cool bunch of people. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I have either. I, there are, are a bunch of um, interesting documentaries on I the rock mm-hmm. where they talk about that that yeah. intersection, but mm-hmm. I have not. I don't think I've met anyone who's Native either who nah. climbs. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure they're they're definitely out there, especially like in the Midwest or in the West. You oh know? yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I just hope that, you know, um, hopefully this um, lawsuit is honestly thrown out <laughs> by, mm-hmm. the, by the state of Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, the relationship between climbers and the access fund and these, um, native tribes continues to grow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So for our accident, um, we don't really have a true, like a true accident, but we do have a little story, um, coming from Kevin Corrigan on, uh, climbing.com. Um, title of this article is Jim mom puts kid in a 20 foot high timeout. Um, 20 foot high timeout. 20 foot high timeout. <laughs> Um, oh God! I'm ready. And then for this in the one. subtitle, you're gonna love this subtitle. <laughs> Did you read this article when JJ? Fun fact: JJ sent us this article. I, I I skimmed it, but I'm sure this will be a much more in-depth discussion of it today. <laughs> um, her son was still on the wall, suspended about 20 feet up. The hmm. only thing holding him up was a gree-gree chain to the floor. Oh, <laughs> we love our <laughs> non-hands-free assisted breaking devices oh, yeah. holding somebody up. Oh yeah, all the time. <laughs> I it's my favorite thing to see uh, yeah. when I work. You know. I'm sure there wasn't yeah okay yeah well yeah yeah <laughs> anyway well, what does this article say carolyn so and this is a story from um a man named brian lockwood um who sent this email who sent this via email to climbing.com we've covered a lot of stories like this before where climbing.com will um accept kind of um email stories or just like general like facebook posts from people telling their stories about the crazy stuff that they see in, in climbing it's a very fun read um and <laughs> this is of brian seeing um obviously a mom put her kid in timeout essentially um 
So the article reads, quote, I saw a mother and her son climbing at the gym. They were speaking in another language, but it sounded like they were angry with each other. It sounded like it seemed like the kid didn't want to climb and the mother was telling him to keep going. An hour later, I heard a staff member yelling at the mother and she was sitting in a chair 50 feet from the wall. Her son was still on the wall, suspended about 20 feet up. (laughs) The only thing holding him up was a gree-gree change to the floor. Uh, And then in parentheses, the gym makes people blow off a gree-gree's anchor to the floor if they haven't passed Mm -hmm. the play test. Um, end quote. So what do you think about that? So this mother literally refused to let their child down because... I wouldn't say it's refused to let the child down. I mean, yeah, like the kid's up there 20 feet in the air. Correct. It sounds like general negligence, number one. Um, I think we kind of talked about a, a case similar to this where, um... You know, people have, oh man, I'm trying to remember like, all the accents, but I'm pretty sure we've talked about times where people have just like used gree-grees expecting them to be like work automatically. Right. Because um, yeah. remember, this kid is going up, but it doesn't mention anything about the, the mother saying any, like pulling in slack or anything. Mm-hmm. So what I imagine is that the kid is probably 20 feet in the air holding on with all the slack beneath him. Um, mm. Because as we've mentioned before, the gree-grees chained to the ground. Um, yeah, which is strange. Is interesting to me about that. Normally, you would anchor your harness to the floor, floor. and then you would clip your grigri into your harness. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I don't know what this specific gym yeah, is it, doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but my question is, if the mother was on belay, no, she wasn't. She was in a she was in a chair fifty feet from the wall. So then, how did the kid get up there in the first place? I'm guessing. I'm guessing. <laughs> Maybe I, I'm not understanding the situation. I'm not really understanding the situation either. <laughs> it just sounds like like a weird, like one of those weird situations where it's like kind of similar to the story that we talked about last week with Macy, where it was like the kid somehow like mm. got on the wall mm-hmm. without the audible way. Mm-hmm. There's no rope in sight. Um, so yeah, what it seems to have happened is that mom put kid on the Greek. Oh, I think I know. I think I'm. I think I'm putting the things together. So mom probably was on the grigri attached to the floor, right? Because the grigri is attached to the floor, hook the grigri in through the harness, right? Belays the kid 20 feet up. Kid doesn't want to go anymore. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to bring him down. She wants him to keep going. Mm-hmm. So she goes, when I'm guessing what she did is she went off belay and attached the grigri to the floor and was like, okay, you're not right. coming down. So my question mm-hmm. is that process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like did that not cross her mind at all that the kid was kind of like not even on belay 20 feet up in the I air I mean I guess she would have I guess she would have thought that because the grigri is chained to the floor and the grigri is a I'm saying this with quotation marks an automatic locking device that's not true yeah um, it's assisted braking it's assisted braking which is correct. not the same thing as a hands free correct right yes. so mm-hmm. even if you do use a grigri your brake hand should never come off the brake strand correct yes um mm-hmm. which is like <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm still a bit baffled by this because, mm-hmm. I mean, as a parent, I wouldn't keep my child 20 feet in the air as a timeout. Like, I mean, again, I don't know what they were arguing about and mm-hmm. I don't know the context of why the kid was left up there. But this definitely seems like a bit of an interesting dynamic going <laughs> yeah. on. I mean, like I've actually seen it a couple of times where parents will really try to encourage their kids to try new things and, um, you know, overcome their fears. But. I have seen times where it has crossed the line mm-hmm. and we've had to be like, your child is screaming mm. bloody murder on the oh wall. God. They need to come down. Yeah. I'm, and the I'm sure like, you no, have seen fine. more interesting parent child dynamics than I have just because you, oh, I had, I had you a, work at the I gym. I had to like rescue a girl. <laughs> oh dear. Not like a rescue a girl on the top wall, but she was bouldering. 
Um, and I, she was like, th- there have been times where she went up on the way and was just like screaming for a couple minutes before mm-hmm. she finally like let go and came down. She was on the bouldering wall and she got uh, like a couple feet up on this green route and like right before the top, she was like, ah, like, and oh I was dear. like, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think I was in my normal clothes too at that point. Uh-huh. I wasn't like, no, I was in my, <laughs> you know, like I climb in a bra sometimes. Yeah. I was climbing my bra and my jeans. <laughs> So, so you weren't even on duty. I wasn't even on duty, I think. Or maybe I, w- I don't remember. Um, And I was like, I was like, okay, it's hard to deal with this kid. So I went <laughs> up to her and I was like, sweetheart, just just relax. Just, just relax. Just, just come down. And she's like, I'm afraid. And I was like, sweetheart, climb down a little bit. And she started climbing down. And I just like lightly like put my like hand like underneath like her right. thigh and like yeah. one head and one on her back and yeah. I was like I'm right here like just yeah. just just fall yeah she's like Are you sure I was like I'm I'm literally touching where you. you're gonna be fine right she's like okay and she like went going and just, <laughs> you know, spotted yeah. her on the way down and she was like I'm here yeah <laughs> no I think that's an interesting mm-hmm. conversation about like kids in the gym because yeah. obviously even adults who are newer to climbing or who just don't like heights in general don't mm-hmm. like bouldering for the fact that it's you so fall you high. fall like yeah. a couple like you know 10 feet or so mm-hmm. to the ground um and for little people that is a lot it's a lot of it's, that's a, it's a, a lot it's of a room. bigger fault because yeah. it's smaller right mm-hmm. and so i think parents have you know kind of a, a duty in a way to mm-hmm. manage their ch- their kids yeah. while they're in i felt bad the gym um because the dad who is with the group he's actually a really cool dad um mm-hmm. but he had like four kids with him that day mm-hmm. and one of them was a two-year-old baby who would start Just also screaming <laughs> no who would start screaming if he put her down for like two oh seconds God. so he was he was trying to like get her down, but he was just like all he. I yeah, could tell there's he was a lot going on. So I was like, <laughs> I just we're just going through this right now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's definitely interesting. Like I've definitely seen this um dynamic where a lot of parents will encourage and encourage and encourage their kids, mm-hmm. not even encourage to the point where it's like it's like you will do this. It's like you will do this. Yeah. Did you have that situation yesterday where you were waiting for the? For no, the okay. so yeah, yesterday I was waiting for an audible route. Um, it was a route that I recommended. <laughs> yeah, that Carolyn recommended me do. Um, and there was a kid who was trying to do the same route, mm-hmm. um, and he was clipped in. And I think, you know, he did it about three times before like I was five. like, "Hey, do you guys mind if I get the next route?" It that's was okay. So it was a lot. I was like, "Yeah," Hello? and the 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 dad was like, "Yeah," like I mean, it it wasn't like, a, "Oh yeah, sure, you can totally use it." My child's been working on this for thirty minutes, or you know. It, it was more of a yeah you can yeah it's fine um and the the kid definitely seemed like he was enjoying himself but mm-hmm. and yeah it was just like the one of those dad things. was definitely like giving him beta and helping him through it mm-hmm. um but you know the the kid didn't make it to the top which is why i was like can i please have yeah this you were waiting now? for a while yeah, dude. <laughs> i was waiting for like 30 minutes at least yeah <laughs> um so yeah like obviously not a very situation uh, a similar situation but it's definitely like it's weird when you're being placed in that position as an employee and being mm-hmm. like I don't want to tell people like how to parent their kids, yeah. but like, but there are rules in the gym, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. and it, it you know it, it comes back to our our climbing ethics conversation that we had you know a, a couple months back about if you do bring your kids around, mm-hmm. there's you know certain things that should be kept in mind, you know, correct, yeah, so. um, and, and then oh go ahead, you know, and and never should you tie your child to the anchor on the ground with a non hands-free assisted breaking device correct. for timeout reasons correct <laughs> yes don't please don't do that and then um uh kev who wrote this article sorry kevin um later writes a little lesson underneath the um article um basically saying quote this mom isn't likely to win parent of the year 
Um, <laughs> don't abandon any climber on the wall, no matter what device you're playing yeah. with. Um, but yeah, in order to have, he later continues on and says, in order to have peace of mind necessary to do something scary like rock climbing, you need to have absolute trust in your belayer. Mm-hmm. If your belayer does anything to breach that trust, you should not climb with them. End quote. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. I am a very, very strong believer of like being an absolute bitch. If it, <laughs> if it means like, if it means like, if someone's trying to like be like, no, like I'll belay you, I'll belay you. And you've had very sketchy situations with right. them. I've obviously never ran into this. Right. But if you're if you if someone keeps pestering you like let me belay you let me belay you mm-hmm. like it's gonna be fine no yeah no. i mean we talk about this almost mm-hmm. every episode right it's important to have someone that you trust and you climb with because mm-hmm. there's a there's a whole you know besides the physical aspect there's a whole mental aspect to climbing that yeah. can be threatening sometimes mm-hmm. and so it's important to have someone in your corner mm-hmm. um and someone who is you know you can you can put your trust in you can rely on so that you don't have to be thinking about another variable going wrong while you're yeah. doing something already sort of dangerous. And I think also too for the belayers, like I actually had this conversation with my very good friends um, from high school when over Thanksgiving, and she was talking about how um, one of her friends is a is a wanting to be a pilot, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Yeah, I'll go, I'll go like in a plane with them." And I was like, "I was like Angelica, <laughs> not that we name drop, but I was like, girl, like." you're gonna trust somebody to fly in a plane but you won't trust me to belay and it's <laughs> like, but it's one of those things too like obviously she's never been belayed by me before but like if she were ever be belayed by me it's one of those things like i have to really earn this person's trust like mm. i feel like in the case of belaying trust is not given trust is earned mm-hmm. um if you do anything that's like sketchy or like if you do things to like I i've never experienced this but like i guess like mess with somebody while they're on belay mm-hmm. that's an immediately breach of trust that should not happen yeah period yeah um, and i I'd, I'd say there there is also a a level of you know your belayer being there for you to push you and to help yeah. you climb harder and mm-hmm. like if you fell one time you know there's that there's that encouragement of oh try it again like you got it but mm-hmm. if it ever if it ever gets to a point where they're literally not letting you down yeah and it's it's gotten to a point where like it's it's gone beyond that encouragement. Yeah, and it's that's not it's, cool anymore. It's pretty. It's, it's fucking abusive at the point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Loki definitely drawing the line. Yeah, it's it's crossing a boundary essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to always remain that that level of trust mm-hmm. between those two people. Yeah. Um, and to build that trust and earn that trust definitely. when it is, um, you know, when you have the opportunity right. to, to mm-hmm. do that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any last thoughts? No. That's. I think th- those are some good stories to finish out our accidents and our news for the season season one woo all right so now oh we don't have a food for this episode oh what are we eating for dinner we're having uh yeah what are you making me i'm making you um arepas <laughs> number one Ooh, arepas. arepas um the venezuelan kind Ooh, to be specific. okay okay um i'm making you arepas and then um we're also having chickens nice. i'm gonna see if i can make some guac nice. um beans yum yeah yeah, Carolyn's cooking me dinner. Yeah, the, she's coming over. I think one or two days because we're gonna go play her favorite video game the last before I head out mm-hmm. to other things and other adventures. So mm-hmm. we're gonna spend some crag gal time and Woo. um, we're also gonna play some video games. Yeah. And she's gonna make our widow like wine night. You know? Yeah, there you mm-hmm. go. <laughs> I am getting wine. Also yeah. Okay. Too. Great. <laughs> cool. Um, so yeah. Sweet. It's gonna be our widow time. So nice. the Oedipus of this episode of our final episode yeah. is gonna be our widow reflections. Yeah. Um, on on this episode mm-hmm. and just generally talking about. What we thought about things that not only we can improve in ourselves, but also like mm-hmm. just generally like reflecting on on the past season. Mm-hmm. It's been a journey. 
I'm yeah, very, I mean, I'm like I can, smiling. <laughs> yeah, I'll just start by asking you, Caroline. Do mm-hmm. you have a favorite episode or a topic that we've talked about that you think is worth maybe diving deeper into? That worth diving deeper into, um, or even just something that you that you enjoyed talking about that you didn't think you would have enjoyed as much. Um, I definitely enjoyed talking a lot about the accidents. And mm, I know, you, it, yeah, I, I, I do think you you definitely liked that more than I did. Not that I didn't like that, but I think you got some. <laughs> you were definitely skeptical enjoyment at first. about talking about you know why things go wrong and therefore what we can learn from them. Yeah, um, I I definitely was. I I got the inspiration from the accents from another podcast that I that I listened to called Black Box Down um, mm-hmm. by Rooster Teeth. Um, so if anybody's familiar with video games, they're the same people who did Red versus Blue during the old Halo days. Um, so now they have a podcast called Black Box Down where they talk about airplane crashes. Mm. And I yeah, you <laughs> showed me this podcast yeah. before, and I, <laughs> I remember the first time we listened to it, I was like. Carolyn is deliberately listening to ways that planes can go down. <laughs> Why? Um, I, I found it so interesting how um, how little, very little like details can make things go so wrong. And mm, being yeah. in a sport that is very dangerous and where things happen, things do go mm, wrong a lot has of the time. A, a lot of variables, right? Correct. Like, all the parts have mm-hmm. to work at yeah. the same time. Yeah, exactly. So I wanted to kind of dive in. I wanted to have a section where we could talk about accent to not only promote risk management throughout the community, yeah. but also just like kind of have it in people's minds more of when things go wrong, what can we do? Right. What can we look at beforehand to make sure that things yeah. don't go wrong? No, that, I think that comes down to kind of, you know, when I talked about the leave no trace principles, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like number one of the, of the list is plan ahead and prepare. And so yeah. if you can mm-hmm. be, per- be prepared when, you know, things may go wrong mm-hmm. um, and, you know, be able to can keep a, to keep a, you know, a sense of composure that, mm-hmm. If things do go wrong, it's not the end of the world. Let's, you know, work through and solve it. And um, I think in us choosing, you know, accidents that happened that had, you know, things that were worked through and and Mm -hmm. they didn't always end bad, I think, was also good to show that just because something does happen doesn't mean it's all going to, you know, go out the window. But there Mm -hmm. there is a way to work through things. And especially Mm -hmm. if you're prepared and you plan ahead, you can minimize those. Yeah, definitely. Oh, man. I want to look up the quote that we had one episode. Um, my I think without a doubt, my favorite accident to talk about was the one with um Will Giles, I think is that Will I think his name's Will Gad. Will I can Gatt, I can yeah. pull that up right now because um, I do know what quote you're talking about. Yeah, the one where he was talking about um, you know, he does this thing he does this shit every day, um, and how, you know, it's not every day that you have an accident, but kind of minimizing the um not like the sense of like idiocracy around it. Cause his mis- his accident was like Holy shit, that's really yeah, scary. No, his, I mean, his, mm-hmm. he was a millimeter away from falling, like fully falling, fully falling to his death. And we saw that in the um, in the thing, in the in the thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the mm-hmm. Jimmy Chin's Edge of the Unknown. Yes, Edge of the Unknown. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Here, I, I have the quote that Will Gad said. Um, so he says, "Quote: Will Shit happens. I've been climbing for forty years, and every day I go out the door with the expectation that I could do something new and different. You can say it's stupid, but it's a human condition. We all make mistakes." You never set out on a climbing day to do some stupid shit and have an accident. But sometimes that's what happens. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how long you've been climbing or how good your systems are. We make mistakes. And we try to remove some of, and we need to try to remove some of the embarrassment from that. We have to talk about these things to remove the expectation of perfection. The idea that if you're not perfect, you're an idiot. It's Mm -hmm. totally unrealistic. Yeah. 
definitely. It's a great, it's a great, it's such you know, a, it's a great quote. And I think like there is kind of a tendency, like when you do see some sketchy stuff to be like, dude, you're going to kill somebody mm. like you're an idiot. But at the same time, I think it's a lot, it's maybe because a lot of people do not realize the dangers behind mm-hmm. what can go wrong mm-hmm. and how, when things go wrong, how badly they can go mm. wrong. Like the book I gave you about um, American uh, mountaineering yeah. accidents, mm-hmm. 90% of that book is from people dying. It's people dying. Right. Like, you know, like, it's crazy. I think one of the stories that I actually, like, clipped where I wanted to look at later was mm-hmm. um, one an incident of where someone died, mm. you know. Um, but it was such, like, a crazy, like, thing that you would never expect. It was someone who was super experienced making, right. like, a very little mistake. Right. Died. Yeah. You know. Um, so, yeah, just kind of opening the door to be able to talk about accidents. Yeah. It's really cool. And, and I like And, you know, it. keeping it real, right? It, it mm-hmm. can all be fun and games until it's not. And I yeah. think understanding that balance and not being scared of that balance yeah is also important mm-hmm. awesome what about you what did you what did you enjoy like talking yeah. about the most so or something i really liked i really liked all of our conversations about indoor versus outdoor oh yeah um, <laughs> and i liked it for two reasons i liked it because i think we both of us brought a different perspective to that conversation mm-hmm. um but at the same time i think i realized more so than i did before that um just because you do one thing doesn't mean you can't do the other thing yeah. or you can't get into the other thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's especially true for indoor climbers getting into the outdoor spaces and then outdoor climbers being able to teach those indoor climbers or, mm-hmm. or even just coming in, coming into the gym and learning those those gym ethics. Um, I've just, you know, really liked to explore that relationship and what each group can, you know, help the other in learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was just some great discussions that we had and I always looked forward to those. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Uh, my computer died, so I had to. Oh, play. nice! So I had to be like, "Okay, new plan." Um, let me pull up your the, the thing I sent you. Um, so we talked about what what has been your favorite thing to to talk about. Um, I guess the next that leads into our next question. I guess like what what thing have you learned the most from this season? Yeah. So and you know and going back to what I like talking about most, mm-hmm. um, something that I I really learned about climbing in general and then I'll talk about just what I learned about you know from doing the podcast in general but you know Mm -hmm. those conversations that we've had um have really showed me why uh a strong community is is important when Mm -hmm. when teaching skills and when when passing information from one person to another because if you don't have a strong community people are going to get into things incorrectly and they're going to do things wrong and then our accidents happen right yeah we've we've talked about that um Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, having an open, accepting and friendly community, which is what the climate community has, has proven to be for me, at least, yeah. um, <clears throat> you know, allows for people to learn and to grow mm-hmm. in the best way possible. And, and I think we certainly have that community here. Yeah. I've definitely learned a lot from people. People have said, like, come this time of year. I'm sorry to interrupt, but like no. people around, like, around this time of year come from all over the country mm-hmm. because they're visiting family. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of our members yesterday, I won't say who, uh, but she she knows who this is. She, you, like, uh, she, she knows what I'm talking about. Like, she comes from San Diego. Mm-hmm. And, like, she said that she never really had as strong of a climbing community mm-hmm. in San Diego. Like, obviously, the community was big in San right. Diego. But San there, was was nothing, massive, like, yeah. there was nothing, like, as strong as what we have here. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I think I found, like, my new home. That's really great. Like, yeah. You know, it's it's really interesting and very exciting to see the little community that we have here being yeah. so strong and very supportive of one another and yeah. very encouraging. And yeah, I, th- I think it's great. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, and like I said, if, if anything I've learned, it's just that 
that community aspect is important and yeah. to if that's not within climbing like like finding your village mm-hmm. is crucial in having success in your life and that yeah. you know that takes time it, it doesn't you know you don't walk into somewhere and you have best friends for life immediately right it, like yeah. it, it takes work and it takes effort mm-hmm. to cultivate those relationships and those friendships um, yeah definitely but if anything this podcast has helped me reflect on the community here and mm-hmm. how lucky we are to be able to kind of spearhead yeah. the club team and you know the people who are on the team are just some some really great people and I, I feel grateful on that yeah so i'm very grateful um, for them as well yeah but just and i, I know you love film and media and 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 hosting a podcast so specifically what about <laughs> this is the first podcast i've ever well I've co-hosted one podcast before okay. before this, but I was I was pretty similar to you where someone invited me on. Okay. And I was like, hi. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. I mean, I guess my my question for you is mm-hmm. what is it what is it about the podcast medium that you like talking about climbing, right? Like mm. we you could have done you could have chosen a ton of other aspects in order to, you know, have more of a female voice in climbing, but yeah. why did you choose the podcast? Um, I chose it for two reasons. One, because I felt the podcast medium would be a little bit easier on my end. Mm. I know filming for me um, historically has been actually kind of difficult. I don't know why, but I have imposter syndrome, I Mm. guess, from filming. And I always have felt like in my films that nothing I did could ever be very adequate. Hmm. Um, And I also knew that it takes me a really long time to be able to produce those things because of perfectionism, right? Mm -hmm, Yeah. Um, So I figured with the podcast, I could give myself the excuse of like, oh, this is brand new. I could just do this, you know, on a whim. It'd be easier. I don't have to worry so much about like editing Hmm. as much. Um, And it won't take as much time. And I also like, um, we talked about this earlier, but I worked at UPS for for 14 months. And in those 14 months, I was working like four hour, six hour, sometimes eight hour long shifts. Mm -hmm. And it was um, all like we we weren't really allowed to have headphones, but everybody snuck them in anyway. Yeah, because no one gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and a lot of those times, I found like I didn't really have like the most diverse music taste. So what would I do? I listened to podcasts. Okay. Um, and like in those times where it was like really really like rough nights or like where it was just like a lot to do and I just needed a place to escape, I would just like start playing podcasts. I'd listen to like the Jocko Willink podcast yeah. or like, um. One of the pod- I listened to Black Box Down. I listened mm-hmm. to the Rooster Teeth podcast. Like people just getting together, like talking about things and yeah. experiences that they've had in their lives that have changed them. Mm-hmm. And I kind of also wanted to kind of give people who may not be into climbing, who may be into climbing, who may be in those situations, a thing to listen to. Yeah, for um, sure. While also being, of course, a podcast for allowing you know women to have like a space to talk about climbing. Um, yeah, of course. It. Yeah, yeah. I think those are all. Mm-hmm. very very valid reasons to want to do this so. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and it just seemed fun too yeah like i've never really I've enjoyed it yeah i've I never i've it. never started like my own podcast i had no idea what i was doing <laughs> <laughs> i think you're doing pretty decent so far you're producing all of it <laughs> right like that's that that is a lot of work i don't know how to do any of that so you do know how to do it you're just getting better yeah yeah i've edited one episode <laughs> yeah um and you'll ep- you'll edit more yeah you know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um so yeah there's a lot of yells in the in the last thirty seconds. <laughs> Let's find another question. It we can cut um, this a little bit right here. Um, that's fine. Um, I have. Um, what advice would you give to the audience after this season? Mm, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I talk about finding your village a lot. Mm-hmm. So, my I guess extended advice beyond that would be. 
don't be afraid to reach out to people mm-hmm. if you want some more information about how to do things, right? Like, yeah. don't, mm-hmm. if you're a new climber who wants to get into outdoor, don't just go outdoors and think that you can figure it out. Yeah. Try and ask somebody, learn from someone who has a lot of knowledge so that that knowledge can be passed down. Yeah. Um, and really lean into the fact that people want to help you if you just ask. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, that will help you to be prepared for mm-hmm. when you do want to do bigger excursions, bigger activities. Yeah. Go outdoors, even climb harder things in the gym, mm-hmm. you know, lead climbing, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that is his own beast in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess my advice would be don't be afraid to approach someone, ask questions, mm-hmm. try and learn as much as you can. Like just like really go full force into learning about what you want to, what you want to do and what you're passionate about and, I think that can bring a lot of value in talking to other people who have, you know, knowledge in, a, in an area or in, in a subject. Yeah. Um, I think one advice, that was a really good advice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think one, one piece of advice that I would give was just kind of, f- kind of focusing on persistence. So mm-hmm. like kind of a little bit different than yours. Like I think a lot of people, sometimes they come into the gym or no new climbers, they come into the gym and they're like, Oh, like, I don't know, like, how consistent I want to be. Sometimes, like, especially new, new people will mm-hmm. come in, like, seven days a week. Yeah. Um, But especially a lot of the older crowd who comes in and they're brand new and they're like, I can only do this, like, one day a week. Yeah. And we're like, you know, I'm so busy, you know, I'm doing this and that. I think an important piece of advice would to just keep going and stay persistent and in, in not only climbing but everything that you do. Um, there was a lot of times where I in my life don't want to do things because I'm either too tired or too busy or just not feeling it or just kind of like, Meh, whatever. Um, but I think it's important, especially like with this new sport and with trying to get a new hobby or even just trying to maintain an active lifestyle to do things when you feel tired, to do things mm-hmm. when you don't feel good, to do things when, you know, you kind of just are having a bad day yeah i think it speaks a lot to people's character and i think overall it teaches you lessons that you're going to need later in life like obviously no one wants to have to do really 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 hard things when they don't want to Mm -hmm. but i think in life there's always going to be there's always going to be things that are really really hard when you really really don't want to yeah and you're going to have to do those things through that yeah there's power there's there's power and endurance there's strength and endurance yeah and even Um, like going back to when we talked about that 510 jump right yeah. like if you like mm-hmm. most climbers or a lot of climbers will plateau at you know trying five to ten. get in from 59 into 511 just that like yeah. that that 510 511 you know range yeah um and you know by not staying persistent that can that can cause you to you know lose sight of the bigger picture yeah. and mm-hmm. you know staying focused and staying persistent and, and 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 coming back again and again can get you through those you know mentally harder times of plateauing or not mm-hmm. being able to send something for a long time yeah. and then you know when you finally come back and do it and you you move past the physical bar- barriers that you haven't been able to do it's even more rewarding yeah right? definitely like you you actually saw me the other day when i was at um when we were hanging out at the gym mm-hmm. I, forget, I don't remember no it wasn't a team day um we were hanging out at the gym and i had to send like my goal was to send that one five ten and i just couldn't do it mm-hmm. like i was i was too, and then what happened two days later i i you, flashed my first five ten. right exactly <laughs> like it's it's so, it, there you know. is a sense of patience and mm-hmm. it's hard yeah like it's just you just need grit to yeah. get through it you know basically yes but yeah, yeah. and embrace the grit though just keep going so yeah that would be my totally. advice is to keep persistent keep going um, even when things are hard and then I guess like merging this into yours like 
when those times are hard, like ask for help, ask for, yeah, ask for like, Hey, how do I improve my finger strength or how do I improve my flexibility to those climbers who look a little bit scary in the gym? (laughs) Um, but yeah, overall, I think that would be, that would be a great resource. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So Carolyn, Mm -hmm. maybe switching subjects a little bit here. Do you have any climbing resolutions or goals for 2023? (laughs) Given that we're kind of approaching (laughs) the new year a little bit here. I don't like new year's resolutions that much (laughs) (laughs) because I feel like my personal goal is like, if you think something's wrong, you should be changing it right now. Hmm. Um, That's interesting perspective. Yeah. Or maybe just things that you're looking forward to to happening in, in your climbing life. I know. I told you these goals uh a while ago i think but my goal okay so my goal last year was to be able to climb a v3 by the end of this year yeah and then climb a 510 by the end of this year those have already been accomplished nice that's and then great after i accomplished the 510 i was like okay i want to be able to flash 510 yeah after um uh, by the end of the year so that happened yeah and then um now i think the goal is to get into the um I, by the end of next year, I want to be able to comfortably climb a 511 and start um, start looking at projecting 512s. Yeah. And then my goal for next year is also to be able to flash a lead 510. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good goal. Yeah. I, I like those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I and think then oh, I was going to say for bouldering too. Yeah. For bouldering, um, I'd probably, just for next year, I think I'm, I'm, I want to come a V5. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be really cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think those are some great goals. Mm-hmm. I think you're definitely getting to the point where you're kind of coming out over the top of the 510 jump. I don't right? know, bro. Like, <laughs> and so there's hopefully going to be some exponential growth coming up for you soon, which will be very exciting. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do I do? What are your climbing goals? Yeah, so given that I will be living in another country for half of the year, mm-hmm. um, I guess my overall goal would be to try and explore Irish climbing as much as possible. Okay. Um, there are apparently pretty fun crags out there in ireland mm-hmm. they're not as well developed as in the u.s just mm-hmm. because there's less climbing yeah. and there's less climbers mm-hmm. um and i don't think access fund exists out there either no. exists out there or does any work out there i'm not sure it's if probably access just like the mountaineering there. club like that's probably th- or like the alpine club those are probably the things that like are yeah protecting. i'm sure they have some yeah. you know organizations out there but mm-hmm. yeah I, th- I think overall in terms of like not even grade specific i would just want to explore european climbing or yeah. and, and like and british climbing and, mm-hmm. and irish climbing and you know all that's out there um um but in in terms of grades and just you know thinking about where i want my technical ability to progress mm-hmm. um i've been dabbling a little bit here and there with some 13s a I l- know. Little, little bit um i'm I very can... excited if you come <laughs> back and if you've climbed some white tag in the gym <laughs> i'm gonna start crying and sobbing of just yeah. pure happiness so <laughs> i i will preface this by saying 13s are certainly my upper limit i have not gone oh. to the top of 13 mm-hmm. um but I will spend enough time on climbs where I can get most of the way up before I just am bored and want to try something else. <laughs> um, and I can connect enough of the moves mm-hmm. in very choppy motions, right? Yeah. Um, and so I don't think I'll be flashing 13s anytime soon. But That'd be pretty cool. But we can make a little short film about yeah. that. A little sender <laughs> film about that. About Emma flashing 13s. Um, yeah, I think just by the end of 2023, I would like to be able to either comfortably project or comfortably get up 13s. Gotcha. Um, okay. And I'm currently projecting 12s. And mm-hmm. so I haven't, I, I can get up 12s and I, mm-hmm. I just have not been able to do it in one push. Mm-hmm. I've certainly not flashed a 12. That's not yeah. happening yet. Um, nor have I been able to do a 12 in one push without falling at least once. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think my, 
primary goal is to start doing the 12s enough that I can, you know, get used to technique yeah. and get used to the type of holds so that mm-hmm. I won't be falling at all. Um, and then that maybe will lend to some 13 mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. We'll <laughs> Those see. are just some maybe, you know, down the road goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that for top rope or is that for weed? It's probably definitely for top, top rope. rope. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> I feel like I should like weed more than I do. You seem like you're built for weeding. Like really, you get up there and you just have like this like very calm attitude, <laughs> and you're just like, and very analytical, like whatever I weed boy for you, and you just kind of like go yeah. For it. I mean, I think that lends my personality just a little bit, but mm-hmm. I think I like I like top rubbing more than lead, just because yeah. of the fact that I I can really push my physical boundary, and I don't like doing that on lead. Yeah, neither um, do I. And so, yeah, I guess just another goal in that sense would just be, like, lead climb more, yeah, honestly, that's, and just that's get more honestly, comfortable with that. Yeah, that's one of my goals, too. I definitely want to start doing fall training at some point. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> don't want to. It's <laughs> funny because I'm like, oh, I really want to lead. And then yeah. all of a sudden, we have this competition coming up in on in January 29th mm-hmm. where it's Boulder and lead. Mm-hmm. And the same day... Um, <laughs> I'll be waving from across the ocean. Good that's luck with that r- that's one. That's fine. <laughs> I'm going to need the waves at that point. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, yeah, I guess those are, I guess, our, our, our resolutions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think I just, in general, just stay excited about climbing. Like, I, yeah. this this world has brought me so much joy. And I mm-hmm. think, especially getting to explore it in another lens mm-hmm. by being an American in Ireland, yeah. I think will be interesting. And mm-hmm. I, I really look forward to having conversations with Irish climbers about mm-hmm. what their grading scale is like, yeah. how they climb, what, what gear the do they use, do like climb? are there any are there any like European brands that are popular over there that aren't over here, mm-hmm. and you know vice versa. Like I yeah. highly doubt that they have you know Butora shoes over there, or maybe they do. I I could be wrong, right? Like yeah. that's something that I'll, I'll find out. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that endeavor and in, in learning just more about other ways that people climb, I'm excited about. Yeah, definitely. Um, is it okay? Oh, okay. Never mind. So I guess this doesn't really apply to you as much. Mm-hmm. But is there anything about next season that you're really excited about? In terms I'm excited of to listen to what you and Macy come up with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and to share with my Irish friends. <laughs> yeah, I was. We were talking about this earlier, but like you need to you need to establish a little a little hub. Yeah, in, in <laughs> Ireland and we'll call it Ireland. <laughs> Yeah, um, one one little section of Ireland and then State College will be the most popular. That's area. all we need. Cause think about think about like how often Irish people like travel outside of Ireland. Like like we can't really do it here in the states. Like obviously we'll travel outside of our state. Right. But like, think about how often like they go to like oh I'm going to like Paris for the weekend. <laughs> that sounds so bougie. I'm so sorry to everybody. Well, listening. Ireland. I I'd say that part of the EU European countries can do that, but like Ireland is an island in itself, so you can take a ferry. Like it yeah, seems a fair. little bit like it seems more accessible than us. Like for example, <laughs> having to go to Canada that's or like true, yeah. or like Mexico, right? Like, or like any other country. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. There's there's a saying that's like what like 200 years over here seems like a long time, but over there 200 miles seems like a long time. Yeah, a, a long distance just because mm-hmm. like you drive like 50 feet to your right and you're like in Germany or, yep. you know, or, you know, Pretty you much. know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's how it works. Like, you right. know, um, so yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see like all of the Irish climbers that you meet mm-hmm. and like seeing like our little hope on RS, <laughs> RSS, like this is the, our distributing platform just like grow. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm really excited yeah. for that. Um, I know for me personally, I'm also very, really excited for the bond that me and Macy are about to have. Mm-hmm. um throughout this yeah. um that'll be cool to, to see you guys definitely yeah 
I'm excited generally just uh we have a lot of interviews planned for next oh next that's season. so fun i already have the contacts um amazing starting to line up so that's it's, cool it's definitely um it's really exciting um yeah we have obviously we have no dates planned out right. yet but like but like it's the exciting. ideas are there which is which is the cool. ideas are there that people are open to talk that's awesome so very cool yeah mm-hmm. i'm definitely looking forward to supporting you guys from a distance mm-hmm. and hearing all the fun things that you come up with mm-hmm. before i come back <laughs> yeah definitely so it'll be fun it'll be yeah. fun mm-hmm. totally awesome all right I don't, do you have anything else that you want to talk about or like do you do you have any like last parting message i guess yeah for i just you know keep on climbing to everyone <laughs> who's listening like that's mm-hmm. you know we are doing this podcast because we love climbing and mm-hmm. at the root of everything that we do is that's like that is it like just stay in love with the sport yeah if if that ever you know becomes if there ever gets to a point where you don't love the sport as much maybe take a step back and reflect on why mm-hmm. um and just you know recognize that you know it's it's such a unique thing to do and mm-hmm. i just again i always say this but I, I feel very grateful to be able to to do it mm-hmm. and to be able to talk about it and share it and you know have a life that revolves around climbing so. yeah same i'm i'm very thankful for the body that i have to be able to do mm-hmm. it um and i'm very grateful that i have a lot of very meaningful friendships because of the sport totally um so yeah i'm just very thankful if you do not have a climbing person in your life go find one (laughs) yeah Um, so you can buy them the climbing gifts for the climber (laughs) in your life oh yeah (laughs) as evidenced by our last episode that was two episodes ago ago miss girl oh you're right yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh my all right well it's been a pledge it's been fun. Mm-hmm. I will hopefully see everybody yeah. in season three. Yes. That, uh, <laughs> this is, Emma's coming back. I'm coming back. Emma is coming back. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's been awesome getting to experiment this whole yeah. podcast idea with you, Em. Definitely. Um, it's been a great journey so far. Yeah. Please, please don't. Please have fun in Ireland and come back. <laughs> oh, I'll, <laughs> I'll be coming back. I don't know who I'm going to be when I come back. Hopefully not much different, but I, I definitely will have some fun stories I that think, I can't wait to share. I don't think it would be that much different. I feel like it's really diffi- difficult for people to change this late in life, but we'll see. Yeah, We'll see. Either yeah. way. <laughs> I'm excited to see what I'll come back, back with, like, I don't know, purple hair. No, I would never do that. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a, I'm, not I, don't, a <laughs> I don't think I'd ever come back with colored hair. <laughs> do you, have you ever thought about coloring your hair? No, no, not yeah. not an unnatural color. I thought about dyeing my red, but that was when I was like really, really I short. I think you could pull that off, like a dark, dark, I, l- dark yeah, like a, ch- like a like cherry wine red. I really yeah. think you could pull that off. I think I could too, <laughs> but like I think it's uh, yeah, I, it's the I commitment. Just, it's like yeah, it's, it's like getting com- a tattoo. It's dude, like do I want to do this? No, or I not? can do a tattoo. I just have <laughs> commitment issues with everything else. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah. All right. Well. Alrighty. Well, for the last time, for a bit. Yeah. Do you want do you want to do the outro? Oh, do you sure. know how to do the outro? Well, you do the outro because you always do that very well, and then I'll just say my my little tagline that okay, I like. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for today's episode, thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, we talked for watching. Wow, for listening. <laughs> we talked about the um, issues with Utah, with the state of Utah coming in to try to um, unprotect the Bears Ears land, which was kind of crazy. But uh, we'll be sure to keep an eye on that um, as time goes on. Uh, we talked about a climbing incident, I guess today's episode was, where a mom casually let her <laughs> left her son on casually is the keyword there. <laughs> casually left her son uh, twenty feet up in the air with only a greed to protect him. 
um we talked about um and then we just basically did a little reflection on mm-hmm. our time during this episode what we hope for next what we hope for next ep- season what we hope for next year what lessons we learned what things we did so yeah overall emma thank you so much for being yeah. uh, my co-host for season one yeah thanks for bringing me on I, i've loved it it's of been course. fun anytime and then we're excited to see y'all next year obviously obviously throughout the um we have a very strict like during thanksgiving we don't film any podcasts during christmas we don't film any podcasts during the summer we will not be filming any podcasts that's just our schedule we believe that we should have uh time with our families and time to just actually take a break and not have to worry about anything um so hopefully we'll be able to see y'all um a lot next year um with 2023 with me and macy grove um for my season three co-host podcast um otherwise though emma will be back for or season two um, macy will be my season two Mm-hmm. co-host podcast and then emma will be back for season three so yeah yeah all right all right see keep you later. on climbing keep on climbing guys happy new year